0: This is the Fearless Agent Podcast, where you learn how to make way more money fast selling real estate with your host, the fearless agent himself. Bob left And good day to you. This is Bob right here at the Fearless Agent Podcast for real estate sales professionals like you, where we explain why everything you've been taught by the entire real estate industry is wrong, and you will make lots more money in way less time by doing the exact opposite. And representing opposite is Ramon B., my trusty sidekick and producer. How are you, Ramon? I am so happy to be here. Has it been a whole week since we were it together? feels like it was uh, just really- moments of ago Every moments ago uh, you think people are buying that anymore no no, no I didn't. they're not buying any of the crap we sell here now let's do the headlines of the day Mm-hmm. on that uh this is a real estate headline ooh, yeah. okay <laughs> something different uh remember jackie kennedy yeah, so I don't remember. You don't remember that John F. Kennedy? Well, of course I don't. I don't remember him per se, but I mm. know of I him. was I was around when I he saw was, the movie. <laughs> yeah, that was not the most accurate. Oh, wait a movie minute, I that wasn't seen. a documentary. Huh? No. Well, well, no, fair enough. Right. Uh, who was the guy that did that movie? Uh, Oliver Stone. Oliver Stone. You yeah. know who his best friend is? No, Vladimir Putin. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. He is a propagandist for Vladimir Putin, sadly. He is a card-carrying communist. Now, uh, one of Jackie Kennedy's homes is up for auction. Did you know that? No. It was appraised for $30 million. Wow. So I immediately think, was that the same guy who appraised Mar-a-Lago? Oh, it's also... Political way well, to uh, real estate. Oh, I like. I like what you're doing know. there. See, now, Donald Trump. he, he heard of exaggerates him. Exaggerates now and then. Have you heard this? No, nah, I haven't seen a whole lot of that. But. Now he has a penthouse at the top of Trump Tower. Mm-hmm. Now he claimed that it was uh, when he was. He claimed it was thirty thousand square feet. Now that's big. Yeah. Now, we're at the top of a penthouse. We're not at the top, are we? are no, not. There are the floors top. above us. <laughs> yeah, well, very much so. But we're in a little skyscraper. Yeah, a little, very little, yeah. but it's, it's count Fifth floor. We're on the fifth floor. Yes. Uh, which is high for Phoenix. Uh, that's what I'm we saying. We don't have a lot of high buildings no. here. What is the highest building in Phoenix? Do you know? I, um, is that the one with the restaurant that spins? No. Over there downtown? No. No, what is it? That's the, it used to be the Valley Bank building, but I think it was 27 floors. Yeah, okay, so mm-hmm. what's the one with the restaurant? That's only like That's the Hyatt. Yeah, and that's only what then? 20 stories? And that's low. No, I think that's about maybe 10. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I guess it seems uh when you're up there Oh, s- here's a fun fact. My my when I got married. Mm-hmm. Well, this is before I got married. My sister-in-law was about 12. When I got married. Yeah. So uh my my wife has a uh, da- uh, a sister that's six years younger than her and then one that's 12 years younger than her. So the one oh. that was 12 years younger than her was about 12 years old and she got her foot stuck in the rotating restaurant. They had to no. shut the restaurant off back it up and then get her foot. This restaurant yes. here? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that was possible. She's a stupid kid so but anything's possible. That's a stupid restaurant if you can get your foot stuck in it. I would argue both can be true at the same time. I did she not know She was a that. stupid kid. Wow. I was a stupid kid. Were you a stupid kid? Oh, yeah. I was a kid, wasn't the I? The stupidest I stupid. kids. We were the stupidest kids, right? Wow. Wow. I just... I'm sorry. You're stupid. How dare you, that. I'm stupid. All right. Embrace it. I will embrace it. I embrace more of your stupidity than mine, but What's nevertheless... The, yeah, I mean, we're doing the headlines of the day. We okay, did so, them. We did them. They're done. So now... Yeah, we beat that to death. So now the... Um, I had a coaching call the other day and uh, Jeremy – now, he's been on the show before Uh, from Austin. Okay, Remember Jeremy from Austin? Mm -hmm. So he was telling me a story. Now, Austin, Texas is this – that's the town that is growing like crazy, uh, as is all of Texas. So Texas is growing like crazy and I would say it's a typical American town, kind of not huge – not small. It's kind of medium, right? Typical American town, and uh, so people are bailing out of states like Washington State, Oregon, uh, California, New York, and they're going to Texas and Arizona, thankfully, where we are sitting right now. So, uh, so Jeremy, in his neighborhood, so he lives in a in a. Uh, twenty two hundred square foot house in a kind of a normal neighborhood that I think was built in the late nineteen nineties, so it's not downtown, it's not way out of town but uh a house went up for sale, so he's been telling me hey that you know like the the average days in the market in that town were like ten at the beginning of this year, and now they're like a hundred, you know, so it's way different. And he he's saying, Wow, well, the houses are really going down in value, like when he's doing a CMA, which I'm not going to do it, I'm not going to do Country it. Country Music I'm Award, let's okay, just, just do it. Let's okay, just get it out of the just way. Get out of the way. Done. So he uh he has more trouble being accurate because the prices are going down a little more rapidly than than the realtors are thinking and so he he says hey there's a house just like our he said this to his wife he goes there's a house just like ours same same floor plan and everything that's that's for sale and he wanted to go he wanted to go see it so um they they pile in the car and go see it you know so the the he paid and i want everybody to write this down okay if you're tuning in write down jeremy paid in May of 2019, okay? Now – and he would argue that he overpaid to get the right house. Now, uh, the house that they're looking at that's for sale in their neighborhood in June of 2020 – 2022, excuse me, June of twenty. so that would be three years later? Three years later, the guy who's now selling the house, he paid eight hundred and thirty for that house. At kind of the top of the of the market, you would say. Jeremy claims that May statistically in twenty twenty two was the top of the market, which sounds like it could be true. So this guy paid eight hundred and thirty for the same guy for the same house that Jeremy paid six hundred for. Today it's for sale. For fifty days at six hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and I asked Jeremy. I said, "What? What do you think it's really worth?" He goes, "They'd be lucky if they could get six hundred, which is what Jeremy paid four years ago." So, uh, the guy lost what is that two hundred and thirty thousand dollars in in just one year, okay, or one and a half years, roughly. So. I said to Jeremy I go when you go on a listing presentation you tell that story because it's about your neighborhood you know like the last neighborhood you think has got problems in a down market is your own neighborhood when <laughs> you really think oh no my my neighborhood's different but but that is proof that things are not going well so so that is true. Now, I would say Austin is one of those towns, which is probably one of the last towns in America that's going to go down. Again, it's a high-growing town. People are not bailing out of Austin. They're not bailing out of Texas. In fact, they're bailing in. That's that's true here. But I hear the same stories from realtors here. The, house, the housing prices are going down, and Jeremy was telling me that builders have cut their uh, prices of their models by hundred thousand dollars and they're giving away all kinds of giveaways and everything to get you in so doing doing the market analysis is going to be a lot more difficult. so let's say let's say that Jeremy is doing the market analysis on uh, a model that's the same as his house in his neighborhood now it's built in 2000 so that's not out in the 2020 area, which would be going down faster. It's not in the 1960s neighborhood, which would be going down slower. And again, the houses are not going down. It's the land underneath, which is the only thing that ever goes up. All houses go down. They all wear out and all that stuff. But the lot underneath it is what goes up or down. So it's the real estate that's appreciating, not the house. So the – let's say he's he's doing a market analysis and he comes up with 600 today is his as his guess. In that price range, I would say I'm assuming I'm wrong. Now, again, we're talking about a seller who's nice, who's sane, who's smart. They're very serious about selling their house right now at whatever fair market value turns out to be. In other words, they're moving one way or the other. The only question is who's the realtor going to be? Now, if I'm – I can I can only hurt the seller by telling them their house is worth too much, lying to them now, letting them down later. I can never hurt the seller by by underpricing it, by telling them it's worth less than it is because I'm a fearless agent and I know – The strategy to get the house sold for way, way more than it's worth—tens of thousands more than fair market value, net to the seller after all expenses are paid. So, assuming it's a real seller, and six hundred is what my CMA guess is. Now, the guess at fair market value means that after two weeks on the market, after the initial spurt is over. I'm going to be consistently getting a showing a day at the end of the second week. 7 in a week. 7 showings in week 3. So what I'm trying to guess what that is the definition of fair market value. So what what I'm guessing, you know, what price would cause that. So if I think the answer is 600 in a market like this that's going down and this will be true for the next 5 years maybe. Okay, certainly three. Um, there are no short-term trends in real estate then then assume you're wrong because you're always wrong, either high or low, but assume you're wrong high, and in that price range, the next step would be five fifty. So I would have the seller make their plans on five fifty. So when I would say to a seller, I'm going to give you a number that you can make your plans on, OK? So at the beginning of the, at the, beginning of the fearless agent pricing presentation, they're already sold on me. They were, they were sold on me at the end of the four questions, which is a part of the fearless agent listing presentation, which could be 15 questions depending on their situation. So they're sold on me. Then we take the tour of the house. They say, should I fix that up? I go, no. That would be crazy. Should I paint that? No, I was just having somebody else tell me how effective it was. Jeremy, he was telling me how many listings he gets because he's he's telling them the opposite of what the other realtors are saying. You should stage it. You should do this. All this fix up. You know, straighten up. All the staging baloney. And he goes, "Nope, it's fine the way it is. We're going to make the buyer grossly overpay just the way it is." And the seller goes, "Oh, thank God, I didn't want to do that." You're the guy. So you take the tour, you come back, you do the fearless agent listing presentation, which is a competition crusher. It is an objection crusher. It's a dumb idea crusher. And again, they're already sold on you at the end of the four questions before the tour. Then they say, yeah, we're, we're you're the guy, you're the agent for us. We're doing business with you tonight. Okay. So if we can agree on a price, and I think more important than A price is a pricing strategy that's going to assure you you're getting way more for your house than you could get any other way, netting tens of thousands of dollars because the buyer grossly overpaid. We would be doing business tonight. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Then you do the pricing presentation, which we have been talking about in the last couple of episodes, several. So... I'm going to, I'm going to, at the end of the pricing presentation, then you say, so I'll leave it entirely up to you. And they're thinking, oh, I'm going to pick the price. So I'll leave it entirely up to you. How long do you actually want it to take for you to get your money? Moving day. So then they go, oh. That catches them off guard and they go, oh, well, we, want, we don't want to wait longer than, you know, you've already asked them that in the four questions. So you'd say, okay, so I'm going to give you a number that you can make your plans on, okay? So let's just have you pretend, okay? So, so I would be making my number guess from 550, all right? So at the end of the pricing presentation, right before they're going to sign the listing agreement, I've got my calculator out. We're going to do math on the air, which normally ices the crowd. Am I right? so much fun, so much fun for everyone. Not when you play fun songs. It really does make it more fun, doesn't it? Okay. So I take the 550, which is my guess at fair market value. Now, I say to – I I do this away from them. I I take 12 percent off of that. Okay, That's 66,000 minus that leaves me with 484 and then whatever they owe comes off of that. So let's let's say they told me, "Oh, we owe about 135." Well, I know it's not exactly 135. I'll take 130 I'm going to round up 136 off of that. So I take 136,000 off of that and I end up with 348. Okay? Which is about 350. So, okay. So now I'm gonna and, and you're you're listening in and you're saying, where does that 12 percent come from? Well I charge 7 percent. You can charge whatever you want, but if you're a fearless agent, why not charge 7 percent? Uh the 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 closing costs, uh somebody stupidly agrees to do some dumb repair, there's some little thing you didn't know about, like a prepayment penalty, all of that is covered in that. And I'm giving them a number that they can make their plans on. So I, I, do, I do the uh, calculation on my on – my, on my, uh, what do they call this thing? Calculator. That would be dropping. calculator. Oh, my god. Here we go. Should I play the song again to make no. it? No. OK. Fair. So then the uh, – uh, I say I'm going to give you a number that you can make your plans on. And my job is to make this number bigger, and I'm extremely good at my job. But if it was ever less than this number, then I screwed up, and I never screw up. So I want you to make your plans on me handing you a check, and this is yours to keep. Everything that you've told me, you know, the loan and everything, assuming that's correct, uh, is all paid off. This is yours to take. Um, I want you to make your plans on me handing you a a check for $348,000. Any questions? So right then, they look at each other, typically, and they say, well, we were hoping for more than that. And I'm just sitting there and go, yeah, I know. And then they look at each other and they go, well, okay, I guess we can do that. And then they sign the listing and then that's done. So now... I have a CMA that I have not shown them. I did a CMA on a little form I use, but that's for me. I do my calculations on that form and on that CMA, I write down the uh, fair market value estimate, which in this case was 550. I write down the actual list price, which depending on their situation, it could have been higher, even though I told them that was a mistake. It could be lower, it could be five fifty, but the actual list price, the estimated net that I told them to make their plans on, and then I have them initial that so that they can't have selective amnesia later. They can't say, Oh, you told me that I said no, I actually did tell you this and I had you sign it, so there is that, right? So then when I'm handing them the actual check, or they're getting it wired to their their uh Things they're getting more than I promise them. I'm under promising and over delivering, and that tends to work out much better. So the way the market is going, uh, there's a lot of things. You know, where I was talking about this with Jeremy. Also, he called me. We had this long philosophical discussion the other night when I was traveling. But he he uh, he said, you know, there used to be this thing called open door. Have you ever heard of that? Yes, yes, okay, well, yeah. they used to send out uh mailers to your house. Mm-hmm. They used to have t v ads every day. You haven't seen one of those t v ads in a lot probably a year, so all of that stuff is going away and and he was he was telling me that open door is like they buy your house, but he was telling me another story about somebody open door paid eight hundred thousand for a house. And then they ended up selling it months later for 800000 So they lost money. And, you know, that's just a business model that works in a rapidly escalating market. Yeah, fix and flip works. All kinds of things work. All that home and garden TV baloney works. But the reality is uh, it doesn't work in this market. So a lot of things that you're seeing, Zillow is changing their business model. All, all of that is you know, a lot of that stuff is going away. And all of it will go away sooner or later. So, um, what was the other thing he was telling me? Oh, the other thing he was telling me is sellers think that they can't sell a house unless it's all fixed up. I call that the Home and Garden Network TV cable TV network effect. So he he goes to these fix-up houses where it's you know sometimes it's a major fix-up and uh, and and then. You know, they say, oh, well, exp- they have all these realtors telling them, oh, you have to fix all this stuff up. And he goes, no, you just leave it the way it is. You know, it's, it's better off the way it is. So if, if there's two houses right next door to each other and they're identical, OK, and I'm the real estate agent and I can only list one of the two. All right. Now, we're going to list them at fair market value. And fair market value is going to be different a little bit, but one of them is fixed up. It's it's just been remodeled, not over the top crazy, but it's all fresh paint, fresh carpet, fresh countertops, fresh cabinets, all that kind of stuff. And the other one is a not biblical level disaster, but it's a major, you know, every. every everything has been slammed a bunch of times and the floor is gross and the paint's gross and I I don't need to replace drywall or anything but but even a little bit of that's not not the end of the world and 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 I want to get the seller to net the most money okay that's all I care about but having it be easy for me to sell quickly and get the seller the most money so The house that was fixed up, they went to Home Depot and they fixed it up by going to Home Depot like everybody does and they say, oh, there's carpet from – I can buy from Home Depot. Now, how many different colors of carpet do they have at Home Depot roughly? There's like a million different combinations of paint, carpet, counters, cabinets. There's all kinds of – some people like cherry wood cabinets. So that's proof that not everybody likes the same color. Right. So if I'm the seller, I'm going out and I'm picking what color you think I would like. Now, in your house, Ramon, I hate to I almost hate to ask this. The flooring in your house, is it newer or is it quite old like mine? It is uh, quite old. Okay, Yeah. Is it hard or a soft surface? Carpeting Uh, or something else? Carpeting. You have carpeting. Yes. Now, if you were going to replace it, what would you replace it with? It would be probably like a dark grayish color, but it would still be carpeting. Yes. I think so, so you and I both like carpeting. I like, I like carpeting. Like, see the sound deadening on the wall. Mm-hmm. I don't like that clickety clack people walking on hardwood floors. Yeah. You know that like, noisy, I, echoey thing. So uh, you know, like but that's the not soft, everybody's taste. A soft feel underneath right. my feet. Some people like. Wood, some people tile. like. A tile, ceramic tile. I hate both of those. But that's just me. I'm not trying to impose my taste on other people. We're quirky. So that means that whatever I pick, the chances of some it being somebody else's favorite thing is zero. It's a one in a million chance that that color combination is going to be their favorite thing. So would they pay more for the house that's fixed up? than they would if that house was not fixed up. Maybe. See, when I go to a new home builder, all new home builders sell you the same color countertops. What color is that? They're your favorite color. Any color, color you want. Exactly. So you have that custom yeah. experience oh, yeah. and you grossly overpay for that. So now when you got married, you're married, right? Mm-hmm. To a female, I'm happy mm-hmm. to say. So, which is not very modern, but I'm a fan of that. Yeah, I'm old school. Yeah, that's right. So, I'm guessing that your wife married you not because she thought you were perfect, but because she thought you had potential. Am I right? Yeah, she probably figured a she lot could of potential. S- scrub me up, clean me up a little <laughs> yeah. bit, and I might shine be okay. Up okay. Now, that evidently, none of that has happened. Not yet. We're not waiting, yet, but it's still time. Work in progress. You're young. So, the the idea is I can make the buyer grossly overpay on the fix-up much more likely than I can on the already fixed-up house. And that's what realtors don't get. So – and I have done that many, many, many times. So if you have a house that needs – you know, it's a major cosmetic fix-up, don't talk the seller into putting stuff in and fixing it up, especially in this declining market, oh my goodness, where they could could be losing a fortune – So um, that's how fearless agents do it. By the way, uh, if you like any of the stuff – if any of the stuff we said makes sense to you and you happen to be earning less selling real estate than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help with that, go to fearlessagent.com, watch our free webinar. You can call me anytime for a complimentary coaching call. I will not be closing you at the end of that. It'll just be to see if you and what you're trying to do and what we do at Fearless Agent, if that would be a good fit. If it is, you'll get rich. If it's not, we'll admit it. And, you know, I'm still happy to help you in any other ways I can. Like this podcast where you can subscribe. Do give us a five-star review. Uh, Go to fearlessagent.tv and subscribe. If you happen to be a real estate company owner and you happen to be recruiting fewer producing agents than you wish you were and you're open to the idea of having some help with that, we do that too. Go to fearlessagentrecruiting.com. Watch my video on recruiting there and then give me a call and we'll have a chat. And Until next week, do what we always do. Always have fun no matter what. Be humble. Most of all, be fearless. Thanks, gang.